You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back. Friday edition of The Fix. We're live inside the Prop Swap Studios, 1490 Sports Betting Radio, 730. That means John McMullen. John joins me every night at 730 to talk Eagles and all the latest in the NFL. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play, which you can hear every Saturday tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 11. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you, Ryan? Doing well, man. Doing well. Friday. Can't complain. Um, and, you know, going to talk some Eagles, man. So let's get into it. And we, we're, we're taking a step away from the quarterback tonight. And we're going to dive into the wide receiver position. Because here's my thoughts, John. This team has not had a viable wide receiver since Terrell Owens, like, listen, Alshon in the Super Bowl year played well, made some big plays. He was he was a nice addition for like what a season and a half. But you look at the last time this team even developed a uh, wide receiver from their rookie year onward. I mean, then you have to go further back from To. So all the focus is on quarterback. But what the heck are the Eagles going to do at wideout? Well, number one, I think the position as a whole is one of the reasons um, the old coaching staff is no longer here uh, from a larger standpoint because Aaron Moore had the actual wide receivers coach, uh, will be back, and that's the first uh, wide receivers coach you're going to have for two consecutive years since the Chip Kelly era and Bob Bicknell. So that's how long it's been. It was just... Uh, a revolving door at that position, Coach. And, and really the only success was uh, Mike Groh, who got promoted, and that's the only reason um, uh, he moved. He would have stayed at the position. So you could argue that he was a success. Um, other than that, uh, it's been an issue. And, and it's been an issue from a developmental standpoint. I mean, the Eagles have, I, I, you know, people forget quickly they they have tried to fix this position with significant uh, draft choices uh and they haven't been able to fix it and they kind of carpet bombed it last year with Jalen Rager starting with Jalen Rager uh in the first round but also later in the draft with John Hightower and Quez Watkins you know you go back the season before it's JJ Ortega Whiteside they haven't developed any of these guys. I, you know, it's funny because you hear all the criticism. You should have taken DK Metcalf instead of JJ. You should have taken Justin Jefferson instead of Jalen Rager. And, and I think too many people assume that they're going to have the same success in in their cities as as if they were here. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, I think. The world doesn't stop once you draft a guy. In other words, you still got to develop him. You still got to get him in an offense that takes advantage of what he does well. So I, I think that's the biggest thing that often fans don't understand, uh, to be honest. And um, the Eagles have not done a good job with receivers, and I, I think that's pretty evident. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you can look at it any other way. 
So, De- so Deshaun Jackson is out. Alshon is out. What's left at wide receiver right now for the Eagles as it stands today? Well, it's not good. I mean, if you look at 11 personnel, if they had to play a game today, and luckily they don't, um, it would basically be Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham, and Greg Ward. Wow. Uh, and that's one of the reasons they're a four-win team. Uh, because that, that's basically what it was last season, because Deshaun Jackson missed most of the season again with injury, uh, and Alshon Jeffrey missed most of the season, came back late, uh, wasn't himself. So it was basically those three guys last year with a little John Hightower thrown in, a little bit of Wes Watkins thrown in, and and that's that's just not good enough. No. <laughs> that's not good enough, and that's why... <laughs> People are looking at number six overall and saying you have to take a wide receiver. I, I don't think that's necessarily true, but, you know, it's hard to say, oh, okay, wait, because there's a lot of good receivers in this draft as well as there were last season, uh, and say you could get one at 37, and you can get one at 37. There's no question about that, but I do understand why people – uh, would not trust this organization because of their recent issues drafting at that position. Uh, I mean, I'll throw this out there. How are you going to be able to properly evaluate what you have at quarterback if that quarterback has no one to throw the ball to? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit uh, of a chicken and an egg. You know, I, I, the great quarterbacks, and we talk about it all the time. They elevate the talent around them. Um, and you see it, Aaron Rodgers would be the most notable. I mean, at times, you know, he's frustrated because he knows he doesn't have top-tier receivers outside Devontae Adams. But I'll tell you what, you know, the other guys make plays at times, at least, uh, because he elevates them. Uh, and it's been that way for years. Um, it wasn't that way um, last season, certainly for the Eagles. And, and at times you've, you've seen it, but not in, in recent history. I mean, if you think about the modern NFL and all the numbers, um, 4,000 passing yards, you know, it's basically, it used to be such a big thing for a quarterback. Now it's, you know, it's not easy, but it's not hard. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that. And you see the explosive numbers from the receivers in this league. It's a passing league. And uh, the Eagles haven't had a wide receiver with over 600 yards in, in two consecutive seasons. That's amazing in this era. It's like 1950s numbers. Uh, and they, they can't get anybody. They can't get the football to anybody. No, it's it's been it's been a disaster. I mean, John, I can argue, and I know you know you can too. We both can argue the wide receiver position has been more of a disaster and a failure than the quarterback position has, and we all know what just went down with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I I, I mean it has. I, I think you can make a very strong argument that for two consecutive seasons, um the Eagles are in the conversation, certainly, and they might be the winner of the worst wide receiving corps in the entire NFL. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Um, 
And, and let's, they put too many eggs in their in their basket when it came to Sean Jackson, who, who <laughs> you know, when he was out there, the rare times made plays. I mean, there's the one guy who made plays. You got to go back to week one uh, of the 2019 season, and he had the two long touchdowns from Carson Wentz. And I think it was his last game as an Eagle. He had a, I think it was an 81 yard touchdown from Jalen Hurts. I mean, there's a guy who could still make plays, still run routes, but he's never on the field. Never on the field. He played, I think, eight games. Um, so eight out of a potential 32. Uh, and really, the vast majority of those eight games, he was in and out. For, for injuries. They, those weren't eight full games. So, I, I mean, he's 33 years old, um, and, and they trusted him to stay healthy, not only one year. You know, it's, it's, it's the old adage, fool me once. Uh, they, you know, the Eagles got fooled twice. Shame on them. So what what are their options if they don't, Get a wide receiver at number six, and and let's just let's take out the draft altogether because I know we can talk about options strategically later in the draft. But what are the options, and what's legitimately available outside of the draft pool? Well, not my, I mean, we've talked. Uh, the Eagles aren't going to be big players in free agency. I mean, it's just not possible um, because of all the salary cap issues that we've talked about. Uh, they're going to pay a a quarterback thirty three point eight million dollars to not play for them, and the salary cap is uh, is going to be anywhere from one hundred and eighty to one hundred and eighty five million. So you're cutting off uh, thirty four million essentially from that right off the top that you can't use. It's dead money. Uh, but even beyond that, I, I mean, look, everyone speculates that. Terrell Williams just got cut, and well, you know he's coming off uh, an injury, a labrum injury. So one, you have to talk about health. Uh, two, you have to talk about if he if he is healthy. That's kind of a proven guy, not a great receiver, but he was once a, a thousand yard receiver when Shane Steichen was with the Chargers and and Nick Sirianni was with the Chargers. So. Uh, they know him. They know him well. They, he's six foot four. They certainly need that type of physical presence. Uh, but if he's healthy and he's proven healthy, you know, you would think one of the other thirty-one teams might think he's worth some money. So that's the problem the Eagles are in, in the fact that not only do they have to find a, a, a good, impactful player. They have to find a good, impactful player that's cheap. Um, and how is that going to happen? I mean, we just talked, Ryan, about the injuries and about them getting burnt uh, by Deshaun Jackson and, to a certain degree, also on Jeffrey with injuries as well as an older player. Um, they're not going to be really, I think, keen on bringing in a, a player with injury history. So they almost have to look through the draft again. And that's not just receiver. That's basically everywhere on this roster to build up. They got to do it through the draft now, at least for a year or two. 
And we're always going to end up going back to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie as the root of the, the issue here, because in my mind, you have this entire new coaching staff led by, most importantly, a new head coach. You know, Sirianni, I'm sure, is already starting to look at hours of game film from last year and, and whenever, wherever. So he should be making a decision of, you know what, I see enough, I saw enough that I, I want to give Jalen Hurts a full swing at this. So let's go get a franchise-changing wide receiver at number six. But I think me and you both know it's not going to be possible for it to go down like that. Well, I, I mean, I, I do think it, it, it's possible, but I, I don't think it's likely just knowing how this team does business and, and how they've done business over the years. And remember, you know, Nick Sirianni is an ex-receiver. Uh, he played wide receiver in college, granted, um, at a much lower level in Mountain Union, but he knows the position. He's coached the position uh, before he became a coordinator. Um, kind of jockeyed back and forth from quarterbacks and receivers. So uh, he he knows quite a bit about the position. So hopefully the developmental aspect uh, picks up a, a little bit uh, from that standpoint. And Look, you have guys on on this roster with talent. We talked. I, I mean, you can't write off Jalen Rager. You, I, I don't even think, and, and people aren't going to want to hear this. I don't even think you can write off JJ Ortega Whiteside. I think you have to give him one more opportunity. Oh no, John! With his new <laughs> coaching staff, I, I do. And if you think about late in the season, you saw a little spark. Ugh. It was very little, but a little spark. <laughs> From JJ with Jalen Hurts out there, and you know it's interesting. Frank Reich, we talked about yesterday on the show, was uh, talking in Indianapolis, and he was talking about the confidence of players, and, and even the greatest players. And obviously, it was in reference to Carson Wentz, but it also holds true for a player like JJ Ortega Whiteside, who had no confidence and was buried by this previous coaching staff. Well, now he's got new eyes on him. And 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 he did show a flicker of something yeah. late last season yeah. uh, with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. So I, I mean, you have to give him one more opportunity because you have to. You have no other options. There aren't a ton of things you can do here. So you say, okay. You know, Travis Fulgham is the same type of receiver from a, a frame standpoint. They're both bigger guys. They're both, you know, back shoulder guys in theory. You let them compete and and see what happens in, in training camp. And you're going to need a, a big improvement from Jalen Riker. And you're going to need um, another wide receiver uh, in this draft. And now it could be as high as six overall. I don't think there's any way they're getting Jamar Chase. Anyway, he lasts the six. But if they like Devontae Smith, you know, Jalen Waddell is probably – it's interesting because one guy's the Heisman Trophy winner, but the other guy who got hurt is more – you know, most NFL scouts think he's got the better opportunity, higher ceiling as a player. So there's plenty of options at the top of the draft. There's plenty of options at 37. 
I think Darius Tony's going to drop. I mentioned that when I did my mock draft. Rashad Bateman, a lot of receivers just like last year, but they got to develop these guys. And it starts with the guys they already have. Um, you know what? You know, I said, oh, no, when you brought up Jay Jaw or, or Sega Whiteside. But but listen, I, I don't disagree with you there, but I don't think they need to be banking on that. Like, they should still be approaching the offseason, the draft, free agency, whatever it is, with the thought in mind, we need to figure out this wide receiver position. And if you want to, you know, give him work, him being Jay Jaw, fine. But I don't want them to go into it like, you know what? Let's take a full another, you know, attempt at this, you know, giving him a shot to to flourish with without a backup plan or a plan in front of him. No, I, I, I certainly don't think you can count on it. I don't think yeah. you can sit here and say, okay, it's going to be Rager, it's going to be JJ. And it's going to be Greg Ward. I, I mean, that would be a disaster. You yeah. have to bring in competition. You have to create competition. And hopefully those guys win the jobs and, and prove themselves. I, I just mean you can't just dismiss uh, a first-round pick and a second-round pick. You, you, I, I mean, for people that criticize the Eagles, and they took Rager too early. I mean, most I, I talked to enough people. Most teams in this league had him as a a second-round pick, but a high second-round pick. You know, somebody who would have went from 30 to 40, um, somewhere in that range, maybe the end of the first round, maybe the beginning of the second round. Uh, And the Eagles probably jumped the gun a little bit. In J.J.'s case, look, I I mean, people kill him for that. It wasn't like they were the only team, and everybody else had him as a fifth, sixth-round pick, and they inexplicably took him in the second round. He was a really good player at Stanford. That was right where he was supposed to go. Uh, And if they didn't take him, he would have been taken shortly thereafter. Um, And that's where I'm saying people assume that just made a mistake or, you know, the Vikings hit on Jefferson and and the Seahawks hit on Metcalf. Um, It's about more than that, man. It's not just they're ready to play. It's it's coaching, it's the offense, it's the scheme, it's the guy throwing them the football. It's all of that. And the Eagles haven't had a lot of luck developing receivers. And you could point to that as a, um, a, you know, a bigger problem. And I said that's – when we talked about the coaching staff and about the changes there, and you know I did not advocate – Firing Doug Peterson, I would not have done that, and I continue to say that. But I, I, I did say, and I've said pretty consistently, it, the biggest criticism. Everybody talks about play calling. That's all nonsense. The biggest, biggest criticism you could throw at that coaching staff is, is the way they develop players. Uh, that is legitimate, and you can you can question that because there wasn't a lot of success there. Uh, over the past couple seasons. Now, they also didn't have a lot of swings at, at it, so to speak, because of the lack of draft picks. You know, these other teams are bringing in bodies and bodies and bodies, and, and and they have more swings at the plate, so to speak. But when you talk about first and second round picks, those are those are the premium picks, and those are the picks you have to hit on. You have to get at least contributors. And to this point. 
JJ hasn't contributed contributed at all, and Jalen Rager was just, you know, part was injuries, part was uh, a very raw player, still learning, um, but it's just not good enough. The return on investment was just not good enough. You did a mock draft uh, a couple days ago, available on SI.com. Excellent. Um, you know, and for the people like myself who are going to be, you know, facing palms if the Eagles don't get a wide receiver at number six, uh, calm us down with, you know, and this is really hard to predict, but who's the DK Metcalf of this draft, like later, you know, day two, round two, round three, who's someone with a lot of potential upside that could not fall through the cracks, but maybe be overlooked or he's not in that top elite group that could pan out to be someone legit. Well, I'm a big Rashad Bateman guy. I think he's a really good receiver. I, I, you know, when you look at the guys who are going to go in the first round and, and, I mentioned the three top receivers, and and that's you know Jamar Chase is probably going to go top five. I think ultimately, unless the Dolphins want to pull the plug on on Tua this early, which would be kind of an embarrassment for the franchise. Uh, I think he's going to go before the Eagles. So then you have to talk about the two Alabama guys, uh, and I don't necessarily you know there's there's questions. Because let's be honest, I mean, Devontae Smith is, is, you know, was so explosive uh, at Alabama, uh, but he is really small, man, and and really slight. Not, you know, you you talk about Boston Scott, I always like to say Darren Sproles uh, as running backs. They're not, they're not small. They're short. They're really put together. Um, really powerful. Uh, Devontae Smith, you look at his lower body and you just say, well, uh, it just gives you some cause. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I think it's right to do that. Now, people point to Deshaun Jackson and say, look at Deshaun, but also look at where Deshaun was drafted. You know, that's a second-round pick. That's not a first-round pick. That's not a top-ten pick. So you could you – could, uh, you certainly – was worthy if you look at his career and what he was able to accomplish. He certainly was worthy uh, of being a top 10 pick, um, but he wasn't for obvious reasons. And a lot of it had to do with size. Uh, and, and you're going to hear the same things with Smith, but he's going to go high. And then you have Waddle and most NFL scouts think he's, he's better. Uh, and he got hurt and, you know, he probably has a higher ceiling. So you start talking about those are the guys you're talking about in the range of six, and you start going down to 37. Um, you know, guys like Tony, I think he's going to fall a little bit. Most people have him rated as, as a first-round pick, but he's a really raw route runner. Uh, and then I think a guy like Bateman is a more well-rounded receiver, can do more different things. And I look at what do the Eagles need. They probably need the well-rounded guy. Uh, considering what Jalen Rager is, considering uh, Greg Ward is is pretty much just a slot guy, and considering uh, JJ and Travis Fulgham are more of those Alshon Jeffrey big receiver types that can't run, and then you got the Quez Watkins of the world and John Hightowers, where basically all they can do is run. So they they need 
a wide receiver one where everybody else can play off him, and then it makes everybody else better. Because Jalen Rager's not that guy. He is not that guy. And and they got to find that guy. And it's easier said than done. Certainly is. We're talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. We do this every weeknight, Monday to Friday, on The Fix at 7.30 with John. Be sure to follow John at jfmcmullenphillyvoice.com. SI.com is where you can find all of John's written work. Uh, and John, we're reunited again tomorrow on Extending the Play. So uh, fill the listeners in on, on what's going to be happening with uh, you and me tomorrow, 10 a.m. Yeah, more uh, obviously uh, the most in-depth Eagles talk, and that's what everybody's looking for. But I also want to get into um, what we've been talking about earlier in the week, and but not so much and more of an NFL tint in what's going on with, with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and how that's going to have an impact on the Eagles because uh, it's going to have an impact on the top of the draft. Whether you're talking about specifically the New York Jets, uh, the Carolina Panthers, who are just behind the Eagles, uh, but may have to jump up in front of them uh, to get a quarterback in the draft. Or they can get one of these guys. Can they pry Deshaun Watson out of, out of Houston? Can they pry uh, Russell Wilson um, out of Seattle? But also, uh, you know, we're going to get into that, and we're going to get into the, the, the thought process, I think, you know, let's be honest. I, most fan bases are very provincial. And I think Carson Wentz took a lot of hits for the way he acted uh, in this offseason. And I think he's acting like everybody else is acting. And I wrote about that on Philly Voice, and I want to talk about it. What is the difference between the way Carson Wentz acted and the difference between Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers? And Tom Brady last year, What the only difference, Ryan, we'll get into this more tomorrow, but the only difference is those guys performed. Carson huh. didn't. Looking forward to it. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. John McMullen is the host of Extending the Play. I will be in studio as well with John. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, and John and I will be back doing this on The Fix Monday at 7.30. All right, John, I'll... Uh, Catch up with you in the morning, man. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Thank you. There he is, Johnny Mac. Jay Mac bringing the knowledge as always. I thought that was a good conversation. Talking wide receiver uh, because, man, <laughs> you know, Mel Kuyper. His most recent mock draft, he had the Eagles taking Jamar Chase, and he said, This is what he had to say, just real quick before we get to the top of the hour break. Drafting Chase will allow a better evaluation of Hurts in 2021. And I said the same thing. I agree. He's a true number one wideout with a high ceiling. My feeling is that he has earned a chance to start in week one next season. That's Jalen Hurts, Mel Kuyper explains. And try to be Philly's long-term answer. Even though he completed just 52% of his passes, the Eagles have major uh, salary cap issues, and this is not going to be a one-year rebuild for new coach Nick Sirianni. I wouldn't be surprised if they're picking in the top 10 next year as well. End quote from Mel Kuyper. Uh, so listen, you know, you talk, John talks about all of the 
uh, swing and misses for the Philadelphia Eagles in the draft. Well, it's like, all right, fine. Now's your chance, man. Now's your chance. Go get one at number six. One hour down, much more still ahead on the fix. Take a quick break. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 